baseball season, and we are back. Extra bases, Bristol and Booth, season two, episode one. In case you missed it, he's Jeremy Booth, former Major League Scout. I'm Jason Bristol, KHOU 11 anchor. And man, we got a lot to talk about. Where do we even start, Jeremy? Uh, how about ju- how about this? How about Justin Verlander's tweet? Man, well, you know, Justin Verlander... Um, let me let me read it yeah, first. Yeah, go ahead. Justin Verlander tweeting two days ago, 100 or so free agents left unsigned. System is broken. They blame rebuilding, but that's BS. You're telling me you couldn't sign Bryce or Manny for 10 years and go from there? Bryce Harper, Manny Machado. Seems like a good place to start a rebuild to me. 26 to 36 age is a great performance window as well. That's right. Right now, Major League Baseball, two of its best players are still on the sidelines waiting to join a team. There is something wrong with this situation in Major League Baseball. You know, I, I say this uh, I say this because partially because we're here, but Houston, we got a problem, okay? You have an issue right now in Major League Baseball where qualified, proven big leaguers aren't getting jobs. How does that happen? Well, how, explain explain to me for a second how that happens in major. And, and look, maybe it's me. I'm a little fired up because I believe that these guys earn their money. I, I know that we have a situation where, let's be honest, the average human being, the average American, the average person around the world isn't doesn't make the money that these guys make to play what is considered a game. Let's talk about that for one second. This okay. is a job. This is absolutely a job. This is away from your family for eight, nine months a year. This is hardly any off-season whatsoever, hardly any break. This is missing birthdays. This is missing, uh, 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 this is missing anniversaries. This is missing sometimes deaths in the family. This is missing time you never get back. And it is a positive choice they make to work for your entertainment, for your, as the fan, entertainment. And the owner... Always makes more money than the player, Chase. Yep, a hundred percent of the time, the owners make always make more money than the player, regardless of what they'll tell you. <clears throat> Marlins, yeah, no doubt, old it's, Marlins. It's always more money than the player, and I sit back and I look at, all right, you know, some of the salaries seem a little absurd. Yes, that's a, that's true. Okay, do you know what that is? It's called a fair share of the entertainment dollar. And in Justin Verlander's thread, right, Jackie Bradley mm-hmm. made a comment, making what they're making. Right? Why is that? Because that's your entertainment. What isn't broadcast, though, is what movie stars make for being an actor. And what's broadcast here is that baseball players, what they make is seen as, for some reason, a crime. And it's, it, it's not. It's their fair share, in theory, of the entertainment dollar. David Sampson, former executive with the Marlins, responded as well to Justin Verlander saying there is a problem that will not be fixed by players systematically tweeting about the broken system. The reality is that players and agents have to adjust to a new reality. A lot of people siding with ownership would call this a market correction. Others who are perhaps not on the ownership side might even drag that C word into the equation. We've seen it numerous times in baseball history. Collusion. Hmm. I don't know if we're going to go that far, but is this a market correction? And how much do analytics, Jeremy, have involved? How much do, how much do analytics are they to blame for this situation? A- analytics exist to give, give a deeper look in individual player value. That's why they're there. And... In any realm of possibility, 
the two players mentioned in Justin Verlander's tweet, a- analysts are saying advanced analysts because t- you know people who did stats were yeah. analysts too. Advanced analytics says, hey, sign them. Right? It doesn't say don't sign them. It doesn't say, man, don't bring somebody in their prime. It says sign them. This is an ownership decision just not to pay them. And, and, and when we talk about collusion, what we're talking about is a bunch of people getting together and deciding on an outcome, doing everything they can to work together on an outcome. Well, in baseball for a long time, and professional sports anywhere for a long time, if the Astros did something, well, the Brewers would try to beat the Astros at doing the same thing, and they'd try to go get different players and then and pay more money. And the Yankees, were the, the, the evil empire, right, did it forever. Well, guess what? Ownership, for some reason, in multiple places, more than one, more than two, maybe 28 to 30, has decided they're just not going to pay this money anymore. They're not going to pay it. They're going to keep making money. They're going to watch people come to the ballpark more and more and more every day in stadiums. They're going to turn around and get big TV contracts, right? Regardless of one year of down attendance. Stadiums that they may not have paid for themselves, Taxpayer by the way. paid stadiums, to Jason's point. And you've got, you've got a group of people who have every right to run their business the way they see fit. But that's where it stops. People need to think about 1994 before we we tackle collusion. 1994 is the last work stoppage in Major League Baseball. I remember it. Jason, you remember it? Mm -hmm. Okay. I know the person who made the last out of the baseball season. So... Everybody, the season ended, Expos didn't make the playoffs, and and, and, and Tony Gwynn lost a shot at 400, and Cal Ripken's uh, streak, right, had to be put on hold and carried over the next year. It's an interesting time in, in Matt in Williams baseball. was closing, he was on a pace, right, for the for home run? record, yeah. right. It was, it was a really interesting year to have this happen, and they had a lockout, or, or, or uh, a strike. Mm-hmm. Players want to strike. The next year, Major League Baseball, because the players wouldn't budge, went to go get replacement players commonly known as scabs. And you know what happened? Nobody went to the yard. Nobody went to the ballpark because nobody wanted to see it. Owners caved. The owners caved. Because you can't, make any, you can't make any money if nobody's on the field nobody's coming to watch. What's happening right now is these guys absolutely, I'll, I'll say it because, you know, frankly, that's what I do. These guys have gotten together and decided, I'm not going to pay it, neither are you, and neither are you, and neither are you. And you can never prove this. And whether they've actually talked about it. Correct. Or written about it. It's not getting done. We don't know. But the appearance is that there has certainly been some kind of stand taken by the owners. They're not paying anybody. It's beyond, beyond Harper and Machado. It's, it's to guys like Keuchel. And Gonzalez. You want to look at the Houston Astros. I'm, I mean, that's where we are. We're in Houston, right? We talk about this all the time. Houston Astros have a window that's wide open, especially what the West is right now, to win multiple titles. Multiple titles. And you've got a guy like Dallas Keuchel who can pitch in this ballpark, yeah. which isn't easy to pitch in, sitting out there unsigned. Charlie Morton was like, I'm out. I'm going home. I'm going to Bradenton, Florida. I want to Tampa pitch for the Rays because I want to get paid a little bit. This is a guy who said previously – I mean, I don't want to play anymore unless it's in Houston. Well, that changed pretty quick, didn't it? Marwin Gonzalez, still a free agent. Other guys just like that and, and further down, unsigned because they're just not willing to cave and take a deal. They believe in their worth and they've earned their money. And we're missing the point here. There is a big problem in baseball with ownership getting involved and, and Major League Baseball getting involved with gambling in Las Vegas, with, with people getting involved in higher revenue streams with TV deals and, and again, t- free, free stadiums, free stadiums, and making all this money because of what that can do for the city and not giving the players the piece that they deserve for being on the field. Let me ask you this. Having worked in a Major League front office, 
when it comes to profits. Did you ever, in your time and working any of these front offices here, you know what, this is the number we need to hit to be profitable? Or this is, let me rephrase that, this is what we really need when it comes to profits. You know, I never heard that number, but I did hear that the common, common term of this is going to put us over budget. And so you start doing the math, right? Mm-hmm. And the math is real simple. If a guy in Seattle, like Nelson Cruz, the year before he got there, would have put us over budget, it tells you what the number is, right? So it's not so much that somebody said we have to make this money. It's more like we're not going to do this because then we're out of budget. We're not going to do that because we have to pull back somewhere else. And so if you know what's on the payroll already, you can start kind of figuring out where your budget is for your major league club. None of us, other than ownership and the president of the organization, not even the GM, really, is going to know what the whole budget is for the entire organization. But what I can tell you is decisions are made to put a certain amount of money in these guys' pockets. They're going to put it in their own pocket. And and Jason, look, God bless them. They're the ones owning the team. Like, I get it. However, you have no product without a player. You have no product. You go into the ballpark to watch the usher? (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, no disrespect. I've seen some good ushers, to be quite honest with you. There have been some entertaining characters I've seen throughout my years. But no, I don't go to the, uh, I don't go to the yard to see the usher. I mean, when I, when, I, when I turn on KHOU to watch the weather report and see how much it's going to rain, I'm looking to see David Paul. Well, in many instances, well, I'm not going to go down that. I oh, have, David's here. I have speaking of. Thank you. David Paul, everybody. I have the answer to all of this. What's that? Okay. I've got it all figured out. You ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've got this piece of land. It's in North Platte, Nebraska, right off the North Platte River. It's cornfield. Okay. Okay, so let's get some tractors. And if we build it, these players who won't have anything to do because they're going to go on strike right. or whatever, right? right? They just come show just come. up yeah. just for the love of the game. Sure. Just like in Field of Dreams. They'll show up for the love of the game, the best players in the world. And you know what else happens after that? What's that? People come. From all around, like out of nowhere, cars with lights looming across a dusty road to this romantic field that we're going to build, and they're going to play. But even in that field of dreams, guys, what does Kevin Costner do when visitors show up to watch the players play? Starts charging them. Starts charging them. That's exactly right. So the the movie ends there with this romantic scene, and they're, they're, maybe they're paying fifty cents to watch. But you know what happens two or three years down the road? Kevin's built himself a new house. Right. He now owns it. Right. He's like going to squeeze these players who are dropping in from who knows where. Right. I just say every now and then this type of situation. Mm-hmm. Is healthy for the whole game. Yeah, it okay. it, it, it can be. It, it, I'll say it, this part, the health part, is something that's kind of near and dear to me. It's not healthy when fans are starting to fight with players, and I don't know that we've seen that any other time with this because social media, everybody's got a voice, right? Everybody's got an opinion, okay? And all of us are on social media, and all of us have people that follow us and listen to what we're talking to, and we communicate with each other and give each other a hard time sometimes, and it's it's a lot of fun that way, okay? However, you have people really going after these guys. Yeah. And people feel like they have to defend themselves. And all of us grew up, I think, with with sports heroes. Mm-hmm. I, I hesitate we to romanticize use, about yeah. our I hes- athletes. I hesitate to use the word hero because there's policemen and firemen and mm-hmm. military people yeah. that are really heroes, right? Sure. But sports heroes, people that you want to be, people you idolize, people you want to take swings like, people you want to shoot jump shots <laughs> like, people you want to... And anytime you get fans... Spurred on by ownership, by the way. David Sampson, to me, is ownership. Regardless of what he's doing now, he's ownership. Spurred on by ownership to fight with players by calling them basically overpaid babies. Okay, You have a problem with the, devo- with, with the synergy of the game. And all this ro- romance, 
that regardless of what we talk about eras before that was fixed in 1998 with Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa after that strike, which baseball had lost a ton of fans at that point, brought back by the home run chase, brought back by big velocity, brought back by superstars that now have a hard time getting the Hall of Fame, by the way, okay? Brought the game back to where it is and accelerated this era, and we're, we're getting ready to undo that because we want to argue with players who are saying, hey, I'm... 1% 1% of the 1% of the population that can do this, and you guys are paying to come see me. You guys are printing money. Where's my piece? Just before anyone fires off that next tweet, remember that love for the game you had when you were a kid. I mean, that's the only way to make it perfect, to just play for the love of the game and come watch for the love of watching them play, but we're humans and owners and money gets involved. But I do think that if we do get this work stoppage, whatever, perhaps it can be another, you know, cleaning house moment then eventually we can all come together and have a hug and figure it out without too many nasty more tweets but i think it should be boiled down into more simple terms thank you david always love that and rain (laughs) don't look at players as millionaires look at them as labor you and i and most people in this world we are labor And how many times have you gone to your boss when you know the company is making money and basically printing it and you go for a raise and you get a cost of living wage, you get 2% or 3% and you know what you're doing to contribute to the overall success of your company and you get shot down like that. Yes, I know these guys are making more money than most of us, 95% of us, will ever see in our lives. But think of it in a different way, that these guys are workers. They are labor. In many ways, they are much like you and me. And their window of opportunity is a lot less than most of us. And I don't begrudge them one bit. Do I Listen, do I think somebody's worth $30 million a year? I really don't, but I do not begrudge them for getting that money because of their unique skill set and what they contribute to the overall revenue, not only for the team, but the sport and what the owners are making. It's, uh, it's and well, for that reason, I find it very hard to not feel for labor. Whatever industry it is, whether it is baseball or a plumber or an accountant or anything else, because how many times do you know someone has gone to their boss and said, listen, I want to raise, we're doing really well, and and they don't give it to you? That's a, uh, it's well said, by the way, it's well said. Um, I don't think, I don't think anybody on either side would tell these business owners they don't have a right to. Because what they are, they're business owners. It's baseball team, and it's romantic, but they're business owners. I don't think anybody would tell these guys they don't have a right to make their own money. They have the right to make their money. They have a right to, to, to pocket their side of it. And no laborer is asking to make more money than the owner. Okay, um, But with that said, we, $30 million a year in, the, in what that player is going to bring to that owner's pocket. Because we're not talking about one year with this either. We're talking about, in these type of cases, seven to ten years. Okay. And these guys, this is not an Albert Pujols situation no, in not. those two. These guys, these, this will be the prime of their careers. We've, we've, the prime of their careers. This, it's, not, it, it, it's a deeper problem. 
And if ownership doesn't correct it, and look, there are some agents who are out of control. I mean, this whole thing with Kyler Murray is a little nuts too, which is way off topic, but it does speak to some of the flaws that are in the system. Yes. Um, some of these, some of these agents, and and not any, it's not a a, bl- a broad brush with this. There's a few need to chill a little bit mm-hmm. on these expectations that are put in with the sole intent of blowing up the system. Yeah. Um, the system it has a lot of things that are good, mm-hmm. has some things that are not good, and the market correction part is a little bit of a stance against some of the outrageous demands that have mm-hmm. been out there. But $30 million a year when it's been established for a player like uh, Bryce Harper. M- Bryce Harper or Manny Machado is not too much. If Mike Trout was asking for $30 million a year, anybody say anything? Not a word. Not a word. You don't think he's going to? He's going to. Guess what? Best player in baseball, he's earned it. I've always felt that owners throughout, um, throughout various labor issues in all sports, to me, labor... Owners always seek a system to save them from themselves. No question. And we have seen that in hockey. We have seen that in football. And it's so funny to me because when I was in Buffalo, I was covering the NHL lockout. And it's funny how a lot of the issues that started that lockout, well, guess what? How many years later, the ridiculous salaries that the owners were sick of paying and this and that, guess what? They were right back doing it again. No doubt. They want systems to save them from themselves. Now, I'm not saying that that there are certain... I, I go back and forth with this because certainly in a, in a results business, and especially a business now that is so driven by computers and statistics and analytics, yes, there are some situations where, man, I don't want to be on the eighth year of a contract and a guy making $35 million and he's hitting 240 I I get that. Right. But I do think that, that these guys who are in the primes of their career, yes, maybe 10 years for some of them is a little outrageous. But for many of them, uh, like for Dallas Keuchel, I, is, is five years too long in no, your opinion? No, not for me. Five and 75 is about right. So I said, what did I say, five and, or five and 90? I think I so. Five and ninety. I give him five and ninety. Why not? Five and ninety right now. And a guy knows how to pitch in a hitter's yard. That's a bona fide three starter that has all the all the numbers and external metrics that that matter. We did this at the end of the year. We did. You know, he's a guy that. <clears throat> and it's funny because the Astros did go out and sign Milton Bradley, which we targeted right away. We said that was a guy, right? Michael and, Brantley. Michael Brantley. Milton Bradley. Now Sorry. that would have been front page that news. Been funny. <laughs> Michael Michael Brantley, and we got. Uh, and Morton goes to Tampa Bay, but Keuchel's a guy that we said, you're not going to get both of those guys back. Pick one. Mm-hmm. And I said I'd taken Keuchel. Nothing against Charlie Morton. I'd taken Keuchel because he can pitch in this ballpark. And these guys don't want to sign him? I mean, what, what kind of, you know, transitioning into the home club, what kind of glimpse does that give us for the next couple of years? They have Altuve locked up for the next six. Something right? like that. Six years. Bregman's still well under control, so that's okay. And Correa's still got control. Okay, and that's Springer's right. got control. And Springer's got control. But you know what? Cole and Verlander are up when? Right now. This is their last year, correct? Uh, 2020. 2020. 2020. Yeah. So you got two years. I think Verlander's up now. Yeah, yeah. Cole's up in 2020. So I don't know. I mean, I look at this rotation. Uh, to me, it's Verlander and Cole, and I don't know what else we're going to get. I don't know what else there is. When you speak of, about the Astros. Now, it's interesting. Baseball Prospectus, and we mentioned this on Sports Extra, Baseball Prospectus, it's Pakoda projections, had the Astros with the best record in baseball, and we did a segment 
what percent chance do you think the Astros have of indeed having the best record in baseball? And I thought 85, 90%, but now, you know, Daniel Gotero, who we work with, he thought it'd be more around 70%, and that's what our viewers thought, 70%. I'm actually thinking, you know what, maybe, maybe I, maybe I was out kicking my coverage on that one. I think more, maybe it's a 70% thing. I thought 85, 90, but now that I look at that rotation, and I think what hasn't been mentioned when it comes to the Astros is the bullpen. Yeah. Because there's some holes in that bullpen. Because they have to pull from that to go to the rotation. I mean, Sip, gone. Davinsky was not Davinsky. Joe Smith is not only hurt, but wasn't the guy they expected. Relievers are volatile. Certainly, relievers are volatile. You have Osuna, who, listen, I mean, he's the best closer option they've had in years. Um, But to get from Verlander to, to Osuna now... I don't know. I'm. I'm. I have some concerns there. I think. Um, I think the number's somewhere around eighty percent. And I say this because I don't think they're done. I just don't no. know what they're going to do. But I, I will. You know, they're going to beat up this division. Mm-hmm. You know, and the Red Sox and the Yankees, for example, just using the other side of the country, have a much tougher road to have the best record in baseball. But I don't think. He, I don't think the Astros can beat either of those. Teams I, I don't right either. Now. But we're not talking about the postseason. Okay. We're talking about the best record in baseball. Okay. So look, some things got to go right. That's pretty good. But it's possible, and it's more than possible. It's it's it can be probable, depending what else they do from here to there. I think the ro- you know the romance though with the Houston Astros, as as as, as unfortunate as this may be, has got to kind of stop a little bit. Okay, and and we talked about this last year, and people people got mad at me for saying it. And, and, and uh, look, yes, we had the panic button. Yeah, and will you and push the panic button? How's that look now? I pushed it because it's not, and I even said it's not just about nineteen; it's about twenty. And you have said for a long time, whereas the common the common theme surrounding the Astros has been, man, this team is built to win for years and years and years and years. And Jeremy was like. Uh, it's not as long. The window is not as large as you would think. It is a window where if they add the right pieces, they can extend for the next five years. But right now, I think it's two at, two at best. Max, and I don't think they win the World Series this year either without some major additions of bringing back what they lost. You know, you've got clubs like Boston, New York. You know who my pick is to win the World Series? Because I think they're going to get Bryce Harper. It's Philadelphia Phillies. Mm. That's my pick right now. Why? Okay. Look what they did. They did what everybody else couldn't do. It's got JT Romuto. Romuto. How about that? How about the fact they got Reese Hoskins? How about that? How about the fact they got a cast of characters around them? They got Jake Arrieta still. These guys were a Aaron year Nola? away. Aaron Nola They're just signed a five-year yep. extension. These guys were, were around. Um, these guys were around last year, hung around a long time, and, and it was a year early for me. But They're better. How about Atlanta? Mm-hmm. Atlanta's better. The White Sox get Machado. They're not ready yet, but they're close. They're going to be good in 2020, right? The Mets, the Mets might be a 91 team. I think 2021, the White Sox. All right, we'll go 2021. The Mets might be a 91 team right now. Maybe. It's better. Well, the Astros, you've got Verlander. You've got Cole. Colin McHugh, right? I mean, Colin McHugh? Uh-oh. <laughs> Colin McHugh won 19 games as a starter one year, which I, I still, I was like, wow, I forgot about that. Everybody he was one forgets of, about that. Uh-oh. I'm like, I'm not killing the guy. I'm just no. talking about what we had last year. You're talking about a team that had the best staff in baseball and couldn't beat the Red Sox. Yeah. And you're going to tell me a team that's missing three of their guys right now and plugging in holes <clears throat> is going to beat them? 
I don't think the Astros come anywhere close to win the World Series without major adjustments. I do think they have a chance to run through a very, 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 maybe the worst division in baseball in the AOS. So who wins the AL East then? Is it Yankees or is it the Red Sox? Depends what they do the rest of the way. I mean, Craig Kimbrell's still not signed, right? That's another um, one. You know, there's some things out there that need to to still happen. Right now, the Yankees look as good or better than the Red Sox, and the Red Sox can make the same argument. I, I It's beneath them. The Orioles are bad. They're just bad. I mean, they're really bad. Like, they're bad, mm-hmm. okay? Um, you have the Tampa Bay Rays who are, who are good, and they're going to get better. And I think the Tampa Bay Rays have a chance to scare some people, right? Um, Toronto Blue Jays, they're not very good. That's the East, right? So you got a three-team race there. The Indians, I think, uh, in the baseball prospectus had them winning ninety-seven games, which I, I thought was a really high. That, that's right? a reach. That's, that was a reach. To that's me. a reach. Yeah, and the White Sox and, and the and, Twins, and with Lindor possibly going to miss some time with with an injury. Yeah, who's that division is is the White Sox, it's the Twins, it's the Royals, it is the Indians, and I feel like I'm missing somebody. Yeah, who am I missing? Who'd you say? White Sox. Yeah. Royals. Yeah. Indians. Yeah. Twins. Tigers. Tigers. Okay, like I said, so maybe in that division, they got a chance to do some things, but they're not terrible. The White Sox are going to be better, right? They're not terrible. And you look at the West. Oh my goodness. I mean, the Rangers. I. I mean, I think you know they're playing in, in Round Rock, right? And then you've got you've <laughs> not got, anymore, but yeah. And you've got Oakland, which I'll never count David Forrest out and Billy Bean again. I'm never going to count those guys out again. So never see what happens. But the Angels, they're not going to be very good. We don't. They don't have a full Otani back till 2020. I'm going to go off script here. Give me the one player you're looking forward to seeing most this season. Across baseball or at the Astros? Yeah, baseball. Across baseball. Hmm. Whether it's with a new team or an up-and-coming prospect or a guy who's bouncing back. I'm going to go with Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt? Yeah, I'm going to go with Paul Goldschmidt because... I feel like the St. Louis is an energizing environment to play in. And I feel like Arizona is in, obviously, a rebuild mode, right? Um, Goldie's going to go to St. Louis and do some things that are going to be fun. And I think he's got a chance to help that club be really good. So I'm looking forward to watch what he can do to that city. All right, prospect geek over here, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Pretty good. I cannot wait to see him That's a good one. play. I mean, he's got to be, what, the best teenage prospect that we've seen since at least Bryce, right? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's to me, he's in the Bryce, Vladimir, Guerrero, J- Griffey Jr. category, it's, it's right? Pr- it's pretty good. I mean, you know, it's... Uh, pretty good? Yeah, no, it's pretty good. I mean, look, for me, until they get to... He's the, in that category. Well... Come look, on. Well, okay, so Jr. was a Hall of Famer. Yeah. All right, A-Rod, without... Yeah. Anything, was probably a Hall I think of Famer. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is in the, that, that category, I do. But we'll see. That's why it's I'm definitely, and that's why I'm so intrigued to see how he does. It's definitely one of the more advanced hitting prospects in, in recent time, and I would even say that as much as Bryce Harper destroyed the minor leagues, well, um, he, yeah, he did okay. Well, I mean, he certainly he rocketed up. Quickly. He rocketed up. I this, wouldn't say his numbers Guerrero because I, care, torn, I covered him. So. Guerrero has torn apart. Yes. the minor, minor league baseball, and yeah, it, it's got a chance to be pretty fun. So, you know, you never know. To there's still prospects till they make it, mm-hmm. and that's that's some of the fun, and that's also some of the downfall is that you don't know what you're really going to get till they get there. But I think he's got a pretty good shot. To be all right. <laughs> to be all right. Uh, we've just done thirty minutes. Flies, man. We've just done thirty minutes. David Paul is bringing over a softball. I need to get a baseball, though. You know what I'm We have baseball. I have a baseball in the other office. But you don't have any gloves. 
No. So for Christmas, I played catch with him though. I bought two gloves, brand new gloves. I'm gonna yeah. bring them next time when we're gonna play. In, are we gonna be allowed to do that in our new space? Oh, we have a green space outside. I was gonna say we got a park out. We there. got a whole park. Yeah, we can set up bases and everything. Yes, yeah, you guys have a dome. Uh, not a dome, but we do have a glass enclosure walking from the Just parking walk. lot to uh, the parking garage to the uh, to the new studio. So. This is a historical moment because this is not just the first episode of season two. It's also the last episode here in this studio before we move to the new one, which you haven't seen yet. You're going to be blown away, man. And I'm not going to see it Sunday either because I'll be in yeah, uh, well, somewhere. All righty. Uh, anything else? Or I think we covered a lot for this first one. We're good. We're good. We're good. A lot, a lot, a lot of uh, angst over... You know, those two things, obviously, you know, for Houston, you want the Astros to do well, um, you know, and, and the spring training starts tomorrow, right? Is that right? Tomorrow? So it's pitchers and catchers on Thursday, on the Thursday. 14th. That's tomorrow. Some guys were on the field. Cardinals started the 12th. Right. So, you know, it's it's something that uh, we'll see. It's always optimism, but there's a problem in Major League Baseball, and I think everybody's got an opinion on it. it will, it's a mission to see how it plays out. But just please don't tweet at the players. You're not helping yourself or them or the situation. Yeah. I mean, these guys have a right to – they have a right to feel the way they do. But, you know, I go back and forth, though. It's like certainly some of these guys, I will say the numbers don't always add up to perhaps what they're asking. But, listen, that's part of the negotiation, though, right? You always start high, and then you kind of work your way back. I look so. at a guy like Christian Yelich, who's not uh, – he's not a – any kind of controversy with Christian Yelich, right? That's true. And David Sampson said what he said, and Yelich yelled yeah. right back at him. Yeah. And that's not – when you see stuff like that happening, or Verlander, who's always been very open with his mind but never controversial, says what he says. You got people that are frustrated with it. They're, mm-hmm. You know, these guys have a duty to make it better for the players behind them because revenues are going to continue to go up. They're not yep. going to go down. And – you know, you, you're looking at these owners tell these players, frankly, hey, thanks for what you're making us. We don't approve. I know it doesn't sound like that, but that, that's how it feels to these yeah. guys. And, and, and it's the same thing Jason said about labor. But there's a lot of angst about this, and, and a lot of people have different opinions, and, and you know, I think we covered, we covered that. So in the voice of Michael Buffer, let's get ready for a work stoppage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. For Jeremy, I'm Jason, and that's another edition of Extra Bases with Bristol and Booth.